Thank you for tuning in to Women's Voices. I'm Genevieve Gluck. I'll be hearing from a radical feminist in France who wishes to remain anonymous for her safety. She was part of a small group of women, including survivors of the prostitution industry, who organized a protest in Paris on March 7th in honor of International Women's Day. During their demonstration, they were attacked and threatened with death by trans activists who had planned their assault in advance. In addition to hitting the women and hurling eggs at them, the trans activists, most of whom were very young, also spray-painted the message, Kill a Turf, Save a Trans, on the monument where they had congregated. This attack on feminist activism, especially activism centered on women's sex-based oppression and opposition to the sex industry, is an increasing trend globally. Similar attacks and countless death threats have been recorded in the U.S., Canada, the U.K., and Spain, among others, as gender ideology spreads out of academia and through social media, where such hostility and incitement to violence is allowed to be openly expressed and virtually unchecked. Hi, nice to have you here today. Before we get started, can you introduce your organization and what it is that you do? I represent the Amazon. Amazon is a uh, French uh, collective that has been started by Marguerite Stern, who is a uh, radical feminist uh, who went uh, went through Femen, uh, the famous uh, feminist uh, group, and who started uh, a couple of years back the uh, campaign Collage Féminicide. She is the creator of this uh, movement. She's the one who created the aesthetic Uh, and she's the one who kind of um, encouraged a lot of French women to take up the streets of France and start gluing their uh, testimonies and uh, uh, their uh, their words basically uh, on the streets of Paris to showcase the violence and the harassments that uh, women go through. The, the collage movement started to also uh, denounce the femicides phenomenon in uh, in France. So I don't know if you're aware, but uh, a woman is killed by a man every two, three days in France. And that's kind of the center of, of the collage movements, even though it also uh, is also used to speak of all kinds of male violence, harassment, uh, rapes, also everything that women have to go through and just share basically the voice of women on the streets because the streets are public space in general. Uh, is not something that where women are very visible. So it was really a very simple, a very accessible and a very effective way to kind of take back the streets for women. And what has the public reaction been to the collages? So uh, the collages were, I think, well-received because they kind of garnered a lot of attention from the public and uh, from women. And they, start, they started gaining momentum, uh, I think, about a year ago. And the movements grew. It expanded to a lot of other cities in, uh, in France. Marguerite was the one who started the movement by herself uh, when she had the idea one day to take the streets of Marseille, uh, where she was living then, and start uh, gluing 
basically, I mean, her first collage was about the first time when she was 13 and a man harassed her on the streets. And then it, it kind of uh, spread around France and even internationally. I mean, women started doing the same in England, in Canada, in America, in, in Mexico, in a lot of other countries as well. I think it, it's, it's something that kind of came pretty naturally to her. Uh, she has time, I mean, two years ago when she started this movement, it was kind of a simple way for her to to, to do a feminist activism because it's basically through black paint and white papers that you, like you write your message and you go out in the streets and you just glue it on the walls on the streets. So yeah, I think it's it was something that just started from the mind of a woman who has been an activist for, for years and who really spoke to women who have been maybe uh, feminists or not even feminists, and they just so saw, saw this as, as a very simple way to express their anger, to basically say what they want to say, what they've been prevented from saying, and just literally glue glue their words on the streets and have everyone see them when they are uh, just walking down the streets. So tell me a little bit about what happened the other day for International Women's Day. I saw that there were some queer activists disrupting an event. Is that right? Yes. So it was on March the 7th. There was a protest that was organized by uh, French feminist organizations for uh, International Women's Day. We uh, worked along CAP. CAP is uh, a collective for the abolition of pornography and prostitution. It's chaired and composed of survivors of the uh, sex trade. And uh, I mean, they're our friends and our sisters, and they wanted to convey abolition uh, messages on International Women's Day, and we joined them for that. So basically what happened is that the, the protest was uh, taking place, place at the Place de la République, which is a very um, symbolic place in Paris. It's where a lot of the feminist uh, protests take place. So we went there with them. I mean, I just want to say on the record, they're the ones who organized the, the action. They did all the work with creating the banners, creating the whole aesthetic around the, the, the this action. So we went there, we went to Place de la République. We went to the statue at the center of Place de la République. They climbed that statue uh, to go on top and put up their banners so they, they would be uh, visible, so they would, uh, so that they would more easily convey the messages that they wanted to convey, which was, which were basically about uh, the abolition of the pornography and prostitution uh, system. Just to give you examples of what the banners said, they said we want more means for women to get out of prostitutions. Uh, poor productions are pimps. Uh, if your feminism profits pimps, then it's not feminism. If we promote prostitution as work, then you're you're in the wrong side of history. Porn uh, prostitution is a war against women, etc. I would say that the first hour uh, went well. We went there uh, pretty early, about two hours before the the protest started, so we would get set up. So uh, about six of the activists went on top of the statues with the, their balloons their purple and white balloons and their banners. And the rest of us 
stayed at the bottom of the statue to speak with people who would be uh, who would see the banners and would want some information, some additional information, who would want uh, information about the collective. So we would, you know, kind of start a conversation around prostitution and what prostitution does to women in France. After the, the protest started, uh, a crowd of people started to move closer to the statue. And we had one person who came and ripped a banner that was at the bottom of the statue who was accusing one of the uh, it's basically uh, uh, an organization who calls itself a union for sex worker but what this org- organization really does is that it's uh, it's mainly a pimp lobby it's uh, mostly chaired by men and uh, pushes for the uh, decriminalization of uh, the clients who who pay for sex and basically want to make uh, what they call sex work, work recognized as work. So we had our banners ripped by one person who started yelling, sex work is work, Uh, you're wrong, etc. We managed to push that person away. And that's when we we kind of started to say amongst ourselves that maybe that person was going to call other people to where we were uh, at the statue and that we needed to make sure that no one manages to climb on top of the statue and maybe attack the women who were at the top with their riders. So we kind of started forming a barricade. I mean, there were not even 10 of us at the bottom of the statue, so we're not a big group. And then when the, yeah, when the crowd started forming uh, near the statue, we started hearing uh, insults hurled at us. So they started saying, my body, my choice, and shut the fuck up. There were about 100 people chanting that. They were yelling swerves and no feminism without whores. These are very, these are, I mean, slogans that we hear a lot on social media and on feminist protests. So just to to give you a a little bit of um, history on how things got to this point. Uh, so I don't know if you're aware of uh, the, 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 the history of uh, prostitution in France, or rather the, the, the recent history of prostitution in France, is that in 2016, uh, a law was passed to punish, to criminalize the act of buying sex. So uh, in France, uh, prostitutes are not I mean, they're not punished. They're not. It's 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 not, it's not a criminal act to sell sex. I'm going to be using the the the, the same vocabulary as uh, sex work defenders, just so uh, what I say is uh, is understandable. But yes, yeah, so the, the 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 women who are in prostitution are not criminalized for selling sex, but uh, the clients who uh, by sex are criminalized. I mean, we're not talking about uh, prison sentences. We're merely talking about uh, a fine. So ever since uh, this law was passed in 2016, the uh, sex workers, sex work organizations have been growing in uh, rage and frustrations and have been accusing the state and the government and uh, the abolitionists, so all the feminists that have been campaigning for this law to be passed, of killing prostitutes, of contributing to the climate of fear and danger for for prostitutes, because for them, if men have a harder time 
uh, accessing sex, then it's making the women in prostitution uh, face even more danger. So this kind of rhetoric, this kind of swerve rhetoric, this kind of no feminism without whores rhetoric started about, I would say, two years ago in feminist protests where abolitionist feminists started getting attacked in these protests. First occurrence I can I remember, uh, maybe there were some before that, but the first one I can remember happened uh, about a year and a half ago for the 25th of November. So the 25th of November is also a uh, feminist date where uh, feminist protests are organized because it's a date that symbolically in France represents uh, the date where women stop getting paid because of the, the, the wage gap between men and women. So every year for the, the last three, four years, there have been feminist protests in the, on that date. And a year and a half ago, on the 25th of November 2019, one prostitution survivor who was at the protest, who was holding a, an abolitionist banner, was attacked uh, by other uh, activists and ended up in the hospital because she was wounded. And ever since then, uh, there have been attacks at feminist protests against uh, feminist abolitionists. So uh, if we go back to what happened two days ago, so they they uh, they moved closer to the statue, they started yelling all, the, all their slogans, and then we see them taking eggs and throwing, throwing them at us. Basically, they came prepared. Um, we didn't we we kind of expected a level i wouldn't say of violence maybe we expected insults uh we didn't expect the level of violence that was demonstrated that day what we realize now is that they came prepared they have been organizing uh, a kind of action about a week ago on social media saying be aware um there are going to be uh transphobic feminists, uh, swerves, turfs at the protest. If you see them, kick them out. If you see them, make them feel that they're not welcome in our process. So they have been organizing that and they came prepared. Uh, they threw eggs at us. I mean, at first, I mean, things went, 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 went by very fast. We, we just started seeing the eggs thrown at us. They attacked us, some of us, including me. Uh, we took hits, they hit us, and they, they tried, I mean, to, they tried to force their, their, their passage so that they could climb the statue. And I mean, at that moment, we, we really, I mean, our focus was to make sure that no one manages to climb the statue because the ones who were at the top were the most vulnerable and seeing the violence that they were demonstrating, uh, we were really afraid that something bad would happen if they managed to get on top and our sister would get thrown out of the statue and we would end up with, with a tragedy. Um, what we managed to make out uh, is that the, the main group who, who instigated this attack, they called themselves anti-fascist against, they're uh, pro-trans, pro anti-fascists against Islamophobia group. So they were holding a banner and they were yelling Paris and Tifa and things like that. So when they started attacking us, they were throwing eggs. Uh, we started yelling back male violence MRAs. We wanted to show them. I mean, 
we're not a we're not a violent group at all. We're, our members, I mean, whether it's the Amazon or CAP, I mean, uh, some of us are prostitution survivors. Some of us are immigrants. Some of us are, I mean, one of the most marginalized women in society today. So uh, we're not at all a, a violent group. And we do not even uh, respond to hatred and violence with insults. So what we started yelling back was male violence and MRAs because we wanted to show them that the violence that they were demonstrating uh, towards us was the same one that women take from uh, men's rights activists, that what they were doing is, was literally male violence, even though there were a lot of women in their ranks. After that, that's when they started yelling transphobes because it was, I, I mean, my guess is that how dare we call it male violence because we were assuming their gender and we, we were swerves. So obviously we were turfs as well. They started giving us a finger and that's when the, the, the most chilling chant I have ever heard in my life started. They, they were chanting one turf, one bullet, social justice. A huge crowd was chanting that we were absolutely shocked. Uh, I mean, at that moment, not one of us, I mean, knew what to say. I mean, we were just literally in, in shock because they were yelling death threats at us. They started their attacks back because some of us were also holding banners at the bottom of the statue. So they attacked us, they ripped our banners, they burst the balloons. Again, the, 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 the objective for us was to really protect the base of the statue so no one would, 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 would climb at the top. And that's when they came with their spray paint. They, they, they tried to spray paint us in the face. And then they started spray painting the, the bottom of the statue. And they painted, save a trans person, kill a turf. And we were literally standing right next to them. I mean, at that moment, it was... I don't even know how to <laughs> how to express the the I mean even like today two days after I, I still can't stomach the 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 violence of 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 what we went through I mean it's the images I mean at night I I still have a hard time sleeping at night I mean I still have the images going through my head we are literally traumatized by by what we they, 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 they said to us, but, but, but what they did, uh, the ones who were at the top were watching as the, the, the events. Uh, I mean, they took a few eggs, obviously. I mean, they didn't, didn't take the hits because we kept them from uh, climbing uh, the statue, but they, they, they took eggs and they, 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 were, they were prostitution survivors at the top of the statues. A lot of them started literally sobbing. I mean, it was it was it was a it was an absolute disgrace that <laughs> prostitution survivors had to go through. That it's it's I mean it it just literally baffles the mind. We tried to speak with them. I mean, me myself I, I, at a point I I went to one person, and I tried to explain. I I was like, do you see the women who are who are at the top of the statue? Some of them are prostitution survivors. You're yelling, listen to 
to to to to uh, to, uh, to to prostitutes. Well, I mean, they don't they don't yell listen to prostitutes. They yell listen to whores. But I mean, whore is uh, is an insult. But anyway, I think like they're concerned. They're the ones who went through this. I mean, and they're here today to 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 say what I mean. What they stand for. I mean, they went through this hell that is prostitution. And they want to they want to abolish it. I mean, how can you not respect the words? And they start saying no, but they insult us because whore is a is a job. It's not an insult. But I mean, they're the ones who are concerned. How can you how can you keep a woman who went through something as traumatic as that from saying her truth? I mean, it's it is unbelievable. And we have this hypocrisy. Uh, I think it's 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 everywhere, uh, everywhere around the world. But I mean, we see it here in France. Um, is that there's a huge hypocrisy when a woman who went through prostitution dies? Because I mean, the reality is that a lot of them die from male violence. And when that happens, I mean, everyone expresses their support. Everyone acts shocked. There, this is. This, this should not be happening, et cetera, et cetera. We emphasize the story of this woman who died. And when some of them have the courage, the, the bravery to survive something like that, we keep them from speaking. And to me, it's, it's just, there's nothing more violent than that. They're, they're repressing women who are the first one concerned with these issues and they they're keeping them from like just expressing i mean i mean even if you're for prostitution you're you you consider prostitution to be sex work i mean good for you just the ones that are, they do, do not agree with you deserve to have their their voices heard especially the ones who are uh who went through that and who are the, the best one to speak about about this issue i mean and it's, they don't want to debate. They don't have arguments. They, they're not there to speak with us or to try to understand. They're just there to, I mean, to, to repress us, to, to, to be violent towards us and to insult us. I mean, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting a bit worked up, but it's just, oh, it's, it's, okay. it's, it's I, just unbelievable I that, yeah. Yeah, that's really shocking and terrifying. And this is a public space. So my first thought was about how people walking around responded to this or, you know, why, why yeah. didn't anyone intervene? So we've had um, some, some women who came to us, some women who were in the, in the crowd, were in the middle of, the, the, the other ones who were uh, insulting us and attacking us, etc. And uh, some of them came to us and uh, they were they were shocked and they, they, they came to, to understand who we were and to try to understand what was happening. And they asked us, so like what like what, what is what is the collective? What do you do? What do you support? I mean, even though obviously the banners were very clear, uh, we don't hate women in prostitution. We hate the system uh, that rapes and kills them. Uh, but they were they were shocked because, I mean, the, the confrontation was very real. You could see two sides being on the the the, the, the on both ends of 
the, the debate around prostitution and they didn't understand the violence that was going through. So they came uh, and because they, they needed more information and we explained to them what we were supporting that we wanted the abolition of prostitution and we gave them the reasons, our, I mean, obvious reasons. And what they told us is that when they were part of the crowd with the, the group who, who, who was attacking us, what they were um, saying to, to the other ones who just like didn't, were trying to understand why they were violent towards us. So basically what they told them that we're uh, a collective who hates uh, prostituted women and who think that they deserve to be raped and killed. So when they came and spoke to us and we told, told them, uh, I mean, you can, you can go to the website of the collective and you can see uh, what these women uh, fight for, what they want, what they, uh, what they support, and that their uh, prostitution survivors, they were shocked. They were shocked at what was happening. And I, I think uh, there were about a dozen women who came to see us because they were absolutely appalled at the violence that was going through. They didn't intervene because I think when this kind of violence is happening, I mean, you're afraid for your safety as well. So you don't intervene, uh, but they came to speak with us because they were not, they, they couldn't understand what would mot motivate this violence. And they want to, to see if, if, I mean, what we were standing for and they completely uh, understood that the violence was not okay and that they were spreading lies about what, what we represent. So it sounds like because of this incident, at least some positive things came out of it that you were able to have a discussion about this with other people. Yes, I mean, I think it's, well, th there are two things because the, 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 the reason we, we were there at the protest was to uh, emphasize the, the voices of uh, women who went through the prostitution who wanted to speak out about it. It, it kind of became about a trans issue. We don't know how, there was nothing that we were saying that was <laughs> hinting at, at, at that. Our band is, only spoke of pornography and prostitution. We ended up being called TERFs and transphobics, etc. And it kind of veered toward this direction. And uh, I think it's very telling because, I mean, women who oppose, feminists who oppose prostitution uh, almost automatically automatically uh, get called TERFs because, I mean, we know that TERF it, it became an insult because it's only used in that context and it's used to silence women. So uh, they don't have arguments. They're, they can't say anything against what we were supporting that day. What was written on, on, on our banners was just common sense. And the only way to justify the attack and to silence us is to say that we're turfs because we're also swerfs in their minds and that yeah, kind of sorry yes go ahead i was going to say i think it's really telling that swerf and turf rhyme julie bindle pointed this out um at least that's where i uh saw the connection being made and is in her work but yeah, really telling that those two things rhyme and that they're used in conjunction together. And 
in various countries, we see the same trend where opposing prostitution and uh, the sex industry in general is lumped in together with trans issues when it's really, of course, as we know, it's it's a women's issue, uh, first and foremost. Yes, but more than 90% also, yes, concerned right. are women, yeah. Right, and it's men who are the uh, buyers, uh, the pimps. So, yeah, I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on the connection there and their attempt to keep you from using even the term male violence. You know, if you could uh, kind of explain what you think is going on there. So um, I think that uh, basically when we protest male violence, I mean, obviously there are uh, men who are going to find something to say against that. When we protest uh, what women go through in prostitution, there are men who will find uh, things to say against that as well. But I think that the consensus is that no one can really debate against what uh, the, the male violence that women go through and the, the horrors that women go through in prostitution. This is, I think it's something that anyone really who's, whether someone who's feminist or not, can agree on. The statistics are there. Uh, I mean, it's literally, it, it, we're talking about facts. It's not something that we're inventing. It's not something that's in our imagination and our minds. It's, it's literally fact. male violence and the violence that women go through in prostitution is, is there. We can, you can see it. Anyone who researches the subject can see that there is violence against women in general. And there's even more violence against women who are in prostitution. Uh, I feel like, like one of the reasons it gets mixed up, confused, with the trans issues and with TERFs, et cetera, is that TERF today has literally become an insult that is hurled to silence women. And it's something that's, when we talk about male violence, when we talk about prostitution as being a, a violent system against women, TERF is a way to silence us because once they say turf it's as if they're asking us to justify that we're not turfs and if we can't do that then we just need to shut up i myself have been called that on subjects that have nothing to do with trans issues i have been called a turf just for pointing the, miso the misogyny of men I mean, in, 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 in issues that have nothing, I mean, that nothing regarding stress with men call me turf when I point to the, the mis, their misogyny and they don't know if I support trans issues or not. They don't know anything about me. It's literally something that is now used to make women shut the fuck up. Basically, it's, it's obviously there's also the fact that I think the, the, the sex work crowd is is composed of trans rights activists. It's something that I don't know how they how, how much they make up of the the, the people in, in in prostitution. We know that uh, the, the 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 big majority of people in prostitution are women, but this is something that they kind of took over. And uh, I was talking earlier about the 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 organization who who call themselves sex worker unions. 
uh, here in France, most of them are composed of men and trans women. It's, it's, it's a reality. They kind of took over this industry and it's just for them, they, they, they really equate it. If you're against prostitution, you're almost automatically a turf. I mean, most of the time, they don't even need to know who we are, what we defend, what we support. They don't care. They don't know that uh, within CAP, so uh, the Collective for the Evolution of Pornography and Prostitution, some of the women suffer from gender dysphoria. Some of the women are handicapped. A lot of the women are prostitution survivors. We are concerned with a lot of the issues that they think they defend, uh, but they don't want to hear us just because we don't uh, support the same things they support. Yeah, and the the phrase that they use, trans women are women, it sounds really similar to sex work is work. It's sex, and yes, exactly. When you break it down, what it really means is men are women or whatever, and men are oppressed and rape is a job or something like that. You know, the, the slogans are so similar. And this happens... Uh, Uh, I saw this happening in New York as well, where the um, decriminalization organization for a full decriminalization, so total legalization of sex trafficking, basically, was being run by a trans woman. And this is going on in a lot of different countries around the world. I'm not familiar with all each example. But yeah, I, I, I wondered, you know, First of all, the organization that attacked you, what is their goal anyway? Because as you said, France implemented the Nordic model law in 2016. So what is it that they're trying to accomplish? Um, they, I mean, they consider, if, when it comes to prostitution, they consider uh, prostitution to be work. And anything that says otherwise is an attack on women in prostitution. That's how they see it. On people, it's prostitution because we can't even say women in prostitution because it's not inclusive. Yeah, for them, it's, it's yeah, they, they, they want the full decriminal, decriminalization of trafficking. They, they turn things around because uh, the group who attacked us called themselves anti-fascists, right? I mean, they're the one who who were violent against us. So how anti-fascist is that? They literally equate us with alt-right movements, with anti-feminists, because to them, we oppose women's choices. They don't understand, obviously, that radical feminism is, is a, it's a movement, it's feminism that analyzes things at the roots and uh, wants to uh, abolish all patriarchal institutions uh, and not just put a bit of pink glitter on it and call it choice. I mean, their whole rhetoric centers around choice. There's no critical analysis of what makes women choose certain things. And it's basically, if you do not agree with that, and, or if you even try to debate, why is it that women end up in prostitution why is it that women need to go through this kind of violence just to be able to eat, just to be able to survive? They don't want, they don't want to hear that. They don't care. To them, it's my body, my choice. That's, that's what they started yelling. 
the first thing they started yelling is my body, my choice, shut the fuck up. And I mean, my body, my choice is something that all feminists can agree on, but that doesn't take away from the fact that choice needs to be critically analyzed, that we cannot just wake up one day after millennia of patriarchal oppression and just say that, okay, right now we're going to just respect anything a woman chooses to do, and that's going to be a feminist choice. That's, that's not how it works. <laughs> I mean, patriarchy has existed for for thousands of years. And I mean, our brains have been wired to please men in this society. We need to criticize why we think the way we think, why we we push women to contribute to a system that destroys them. And it's all of these, all, all of that, that's not something that they care about. They basically, the, the three issues that divide the feminist communities in France are prostitution, uh, trans rights, and Islamophobia slash like the hijab, the veil for women. It's a highly political issue as well. And that group, for example, that's what they say, they call themselves pro-trans, anti-fascists against Islamophobia organization. So even though they're highly politicized in the French society, we, I mean, feminists, even though we get very easily called alt-rights, etc., et because we want to have a critical uh, analysis of these things that oppress women, whether it's gender or prostitution or just the fact that women need to cover up because of religious beliefs. And I'm speaking to, I, I'm saying that to you. I myself, I'm a Moroccan. I grew up in a Muslim society. So when we when I when I have a group of so-called anti-fascists calling me Islamophobic, I just want to tell them, you don't know what you're talking about. I mean, you don't realize what you're saying. You don't understand anything. I mean, our our thinking is a bit more profound than, than that, is more, more developed than that. I mean, if if they were just respectful enough to be able to debate these things, but that's not something they they want to do. They don't want to debate anything. If you criticize any of these three things, you're automatically labeled Islamophobic, racist, uh, transphobic, swerf. I mean, this group, I mean, most of them were really, really young. We're talking 17, 18. Most of them went at most 20 years old. They were really, really young. Some of them were teenagers and they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they are fighting for. I mean, putting fighting between quotes because what they're doing is not fighting for anything. But uh, I mean, they've been completely brainwashed by, I don't know, social media. I don't really know. And, and they just think that they're uh, revolutionaries or warriors who who are defending the most oppressed in our society. And they don't realize that what they consider the most oppressed in society, that's what our groups were composed of. So I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, this group, I don't know who they are. They were holding a banner. So we know that that's what they call themselves, uh, anti-fascist, anti-Islamophobia, pro-trans organizations. But it's they just, um, I don't, I, honestly, I don't, I don't know. I think 
there are a lot of people who are not aware of this division between feminism, or maybe I should say the attack on feminism instead. I feel like people are just starting to become more aware of it now in terms of the transgender laws that are being passed. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. for that reason, I'm always curious about the reaction from people who are sort of clueless about this or not involved in it. And also, I want to ask you about that reaction, but also the media coverage. For example, you said that there were previous attacks. Was that covered by media? Is this attack being covered by media? What is the general response? Um, so people who are not involved in feminist circles, they don't know a lot about this whole discussion that's going around trans issues and trans rights, etc. I mean, pro-trans feminist groups, they tag and they glue on the streets of Paris, they glue sisters, not sisters, and they, they glue transphobia and they, I mean, they, they, and they tag all of these things, but these things are not understood by most of French society today. It's not something that is, that the, I mean, the, the main public is aware of. In, fem in the feminist circles, there has been a brainwashing going around around this issue, uh, but it's been going around for not long. And what I can see of the aftermath of the, the attacks that happened two days ago is that even in feminist circles, women are, I mean, some of them are, I mean, these attacks and this violence there is making them question these subjects because the way we've been labeled radical feminists have been labeled is that we're hateful and we're transphobic and uh we want to keep the how can i say that like the the we want to be the guardians of what is a woman uh, we're i mean they're equating us with mras because we get to decide who's a woman and who's not and things like that but the violence that was demonstrated just i think kind of opened the eyes maybe not opened the eyes but at least made a lot of women in feminist circles go this is not okay what is going on and why is there this kind of violence and just literally made them kind of research what's radical feminism? Is it what's been presented to me or have I been lied to, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I think that in France, we are not as advanced, thankfully, as um, on, the, on this um, subject as Canada or, or the UK. And I really think that the events that are happening can maybe change things, kind of turn things around and make people realize that the misogyny is on their parts and not on our parts. When it comes to the public opinion, I mean, the media, the media doesn't report this at all. So when it comes to trans issues, liberal media only speaks of it the way I imagine uh, liberal media speaks of this issue as well in, in, in Canada and in the UK. They don't report a critical uh, view of transitioning, of gender dysphoria, of the, the, the so-called rights that the trans activists are pushing for. So just to go back a little bit, um, 
I spoke of uh, the collage, which is the, the, the Amazon, which is the started by Marguerite Stern, who started the, the collage movements. So Marguerite is the first feminist who had the courage to speak out against the takeover of feminist circle, circles by uh, trans activism. So Marguerite is the one who started the collage movement. And when it grew, I mean, it first grew uh, in, in the capital in Paris and she was chairing and she was like the, 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 and even though there, 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 there was no, no hierarchy, but she's the one who, who created the collage feminicide Paris, which is a, a group that still exists today. And she had to leave this group because it was taken over by T.I. Rice. And that's why she started the Amazon. Now this group has been completely taken over by trans activists and is, I mean, it got to the point where it's, I mean, the, the group is called Collage Féminicide Paris. So it's basically the collage group for femicides in Paris. And uh, the word woman is not used by them anymore. Everything they, they glue has to be inclusive. Nothing is, I mean, because I don't know uh, the, if you're aware, like the French language is, uh, it's gendered. But when they glue their messages on the streets, uh, nothing they glue is, uh, even when it comes to male violence against women, that's how, not how they phrase it. They phrase it as cis male violence against, well, everyone. Um, the trans issues, the trans activism movements here in France, I mean, the, so, so yeah, I was, I was telling you all that because uh, Marguerite is the one who first spoke out about a year ago of this issue. She spoke about what she went through when she started Collage Féminicide Paris and it was taken over from her uh, and it was completely colonized by trans activists. And she spoke of the dangers of trans activism and how it's infiltrating feminist circles and completely uh, redefining what feminism is and what feminism is supposed to be. Uh, but it, this is still something that's only people in the feminist, feminist circles are aware of. So uh, the general public is not, that's not an, a subject that they're aware of. Most of them, if you speak of gender dysphoria, they don't know what it is, trans issues, etc. They don't know what it is. Although the, the media, the French media, the last, I mean, ever since the pandemic started, we have seen an increase, an explosion of documentaries and reports and articles talking about uh, the trans issues in feminist media. I mean, the, the propaganda ha has started about a year ago and there's no space left for uh, any critical analysis of this phenomenon. Some feminists tried to write a, an open letter criticizing how trans activism is polluting the feminist circles. That article was taken down from the HuffPost uh, because it was deemed transphobic, because trans activists uh, put pressure on the publication to take it down. The only publications who relate our worries are the ones on the right, 
which is, I mean, <laughs> kind of sad. Uh, but I think uh, that that's exactly how things are going in, in, in Canada and in the UK as well. And that's, I mean, they, they censor us. And when the only ones that want, I mean, the right speaks of this issue and then they, they use it to call us you know, like racists and fascists and being part of the alt-right. But yeah, I mean, the, the, the French media is uh, reacting in the same way as Canadian and uh, UK media has been reacting for, for, for years now when this issue first started appearing years back. Uh, this subject is something I've, I've personally been following for years. I first discovered uh, uh, radical feminism and uh, uh, the whole debate around trans issues back in 2017. And I'm basically, what is happening in France, it's like, it's the, chronologically, it's the same thing that is happening, that has happened in the UK and in Canada. So I've seen it happen elsewhere. And I, 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 I'm seeing it happening right now in France. The same thing. I think it's interesting that when you look at the spread of this ideology, it, you can sort of see it almost on a map spreading outward from the West, especially from the US. Uh, I don't think that is a coincidence. No. Um, yeah, uh, you know, there's been a lot of discussion about the origins of where this came from and so on. We generally kind of place it within academia and capitalism in general, but you said you got into this issue around 2016, right? Yeah, 2017. 2017, sorry, okay. So I think if people became more aware of this issue as awareness is growing now, it seems to me that what feminists are saying makes a lot of sense that you know we can back up these things, as you said before about prostitution with facts and research in detail. What the opposition seems to have on their side only is, you know, slander, lies, and so on. And so I feel that they are trying to prevent people from hearing women speak, as you already mentioned. So for that reason, I want to ask you, what kind of a message would you give to people who are just learning about this now, and especially maybe to younger women who are becoming more aware of the problems? I think the the main thing I would say is just research, research it, just read both sides of these issues. If, if I'm speaking to, 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 to French women, to French feminists, um, go see what has happened in other countries, listen to both sides as well. I mean, just... I just want people to form their own opinion. I'm really, really sick of this censoring that's been going around and this how we are keeping people from developing their critical thinking and how we, I mean, I say we, that, that's not what we're, we're doing. <laughs> that's what they're doing. But um, yeah, they, they, the consensus is that listen to what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, the right thing, you need to believe it, you need to say it back and don't try to research or think otherwise. And it is so dangerous. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't only apply to feminism. I think it, it, it applies to all social subjects. And it's just something that, I mean, that has been, I think, emphasized with social media where people come across a subject that they haven't been aware of on social media and they are kept from 
well, I mean, they're, they're not really kept. I mean, they can all, anyone can, is free to go research a, a, a specific subject, but they don't bother to do it. They just read it on social media. They read what the overwhelming party is saying. They believe it and it stops there. Uh, and I just, I, yeah, I just want to say, just research it. Go read for yourself. Read, I mean, read the publication from opposing parties. Uh, research, research things well and form your own opinion. Uh, I think it's just baffling to me how this younger generation is getting completely brainwashed on social media and they are not open to debate. They are not open to discussion and they don't, they, they consider any opposing argument hate. And that is, that, that's, that's just not okay. And I mean, what we're witnessing, we who are uh, in feminist circles, is that women will change their minds once they've been attacked when they're part of a feminist organization or feminist circle because they're not inclusive enough in the way they speak or because they do not speak on the really important subjects or, or other things like that, or because their uh, experience is dismissed because, yeah, well, you know, just because you've been oppressed in prostitution doesn't mean that that's what's happening to women. It's all about choice and things like that. And I just don't want women to realize things after they've been attacked, after they've been traumatized. I just, I, I want them to research, research for themselves. Don't just follow a uh, accounts on social media and just read their words and think they're gospel. Just go research things for yourself. Listen to both parties and form your own opinion. That's the, really, that's all I want people to do. Please do it. Great. Thank you so much. And how can listeners support your organization and what women are doing in France? Um, so I, I urge women who want to maybe, um, learn more about what we do uh, to follow us um, on our accounts. So we're L'Amazon. It's, I mean, it spells just like Amazon um, in English. And also please go follow and go support uh, the brave women from CAP, uh, CAP, C-A-P-P, uh, which is the collective for the ab ab abolition of pornography and prostitution because they really need your supports just go speak to them, uh, go show them some love. They're always attacked, they're censored uh, from social media uh, and they're muzzled really. And just, they, they, they really need support. I mean, they're composed of prostitution survivors and they are seeing the most hate imaginable that uh, a survivor can see. And they, they really need to, to know that women are supportive towards other women and that they can spread their ideas and what they support without getting hate uh, in return. Just, just go follow them on Instagram, uh, on Twitter and things like that. Thank you so much for talking with me today and thank, thank you, you for, for your courage and for standing up against this and for speaking out for women. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks again for tuning in. If you want to show support for women opposing the sex industry in France, you can follow Marguerite Stern on Twitter, or also you can find L'Amazon on Twitter at L underscore Amazon underscore. That's 
Amazon with an E. As for myself, I'm at Women Read Women, and please do subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts for more of these types of updates in the future.